The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yagoon, take a Benadryl. Beyond and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush and this is Podcast Beyond episode 619. Yes, we did it. We did we're it. We're here on the week of a holiday. Yes, uh, if you're wondering, we're actually recording this the week before the show is airing. So if like major PlayStation 5 news broke on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Herman Holst has clearly steered the ship wrong so far in his first week. Yeah, that would be uh, just cruel. Yeah, it'd be really mean. He's like, oh, I'm in Europe, so it doesn't matter to me. Please don't do that, Herman. He's actually in uh, SF. San Mateo right now at the PlayStation headquarters. Yeah. His like first day at PlayStation HQ. We go now live. Yeah, we're going now. We're going to go on the road to PlayStation HQ. No, I'm your host, Jonathan Dornbush for this episode. I am joined this week by Max Scoville. Hey, Brian Altano beyond and Tom Marks beyond Tom. Hi. Hi, Tom. Beyond Tom. Mm -hmm. Tom. That's uh, that's a new one. I just said my name. It's trying it out. Didn't work. I don't like it. We're going to go back to just saying hello. All right. We'll restart the show and we'll see how it goes. Hello, Tom. Uh, I'll guess your middle name at the end of the show. Anyway, uh, for this week, I decided we could do something a little bit different since we're planning ahead. Um, Earlier this week that we're recording, last week for you listening, they announced the nominees for the game awards this year. Um, A few major PlayStation games have been nominated in many categories, as well as a bunch of really cool third-party stuff. So I thought we could go over our predictions for who should win and who will win some of the biggest categories. Uh, Brian and Max you guys i know have to leave a little bit into the recording so we will uh focus on the big categories at first but before that i did want to also ask obviously the thing about the game awards is even though it's called the game awards it is perhaps just as much also about the big announcements that happen every year i mean this has been a show that has had like major batman games announced major also when they say it's the 2019 game awards what they mean is it's the first 11 months and two weeks of 2019 Yes. And then they cut it off. Yes, yeah. yeah. And also the last two or three weeks of 2018. Yes. No, there's I think there's actually a there's a there's like a, a, a blind spot. There is, but yeah. because there is also some of 2018 because of the Smash. Super Smash Bros. Yes. Smash was in came December. out de- like December 5th last yeah, year. Yeah, it's one of those weird th- like the end of November, you can't release a game for the Game Awards, basically, is yeah. how it works. So last year we got an announcement for Smash Brothers at the Game Awards, but game the Smash Brothers was not eligible for a game award. And this year it is, but Jedi Fallen Order isn't because it happened to fall in the couch cushions of the universe or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a, a weird timing thing. This is why the Oscars are at the beginning of the following year for the yeah. year they're counting, is to yeah. avoid this exact problem. And they're actually going even earlier this year to, I think, avoid yeah. any confusion. So, And it's not, real quick, not to throw total shade at the Game Awards, because we do our Game of the Year, or 
our end of the year game of the year stuff in December as well. Yes, right. so yeah. there's some level of that. Yes, too. yeah, they're obviously wrangling dozens of uh, platforms who are coming in to help vote on the game awards and everything, uh, outlets and everything. So understandable they have to do stuff early. But we'll get to some of the nominees in a bit. Let's start off with predictions. Uh, I wanted everyone to come with. Tom found this out last minute, so if you don't have things, I understand. I my brain's uh, going. Ooh. Um, one announcement of a PlayStation game or something at the Game Awards as well as a non-PlayStation announcement at the Game Awards. Uh, so anything third party or, you know, another first party. Brian, I'm going to start on your side of the desk. Uh, okay. Um, I want a new FromSoft game, obviously. I'll just keep saying that forever. I want something that's a little more horror-tinged. It doesn't necessarily have to be Bloodborne 2. I know that, like, narrative-wise, that doesn't make a ton of sense, but I want a horror FromSoft game. I don't care if that's a viable prediction or not. I want to will it into existence. <laughs> and number two, and this is kind of cheating, I want a PlayStation character to show up in Smash. Hmm. Particularly... Mm. Yeah, if you had Ratchet to put and one. Clank... Ratchet and Clank? Onion Cat. Onion Cat. Yeah, he's a good one. Parappa. Parappa's a, Ooh, a really good one. Parappa would fit well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like that, that game has become this celebration of the industry and PlayStation's just kind of like Charlie bucketing outside the window, nose against the glass, watching everybody eat candy. And well, it's I mean, not fun. Last year, we got at, at the Game Awards, we got the reveal of, of Joker from Persona 5, mm-hmm. which is a game you cannot play on Switch. In spite of that being a thing that would really make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, <laughs> the closest we have to sort of PlayStation representation. Yeah, yeah. Right now, he's the closest. Um, and it would be fitting, especially like that was a year ago. We're on the fifth fighter of the original planned fighter pass for yep. that game. So this would be the final fighter of the originally announced set. It would be very cool to end one year later with that final announcement and have it be from PlayStation, given that Banjo is there from the Xbox side of things. Yep. Um, Tom, what about you? Uh, I think... PlayStation announcement. Um, I'd. I think probably we're gonna get. This is maybe a safe guess, but uh, I think we'll, we'll probably get an American date for Persona Five Royal. Um, that just seems like a fit. The Atlas likes doing stuff at the Game Awards, uh, and then non PlayStation or sort of generally general announcement. Um, Along the same lines, I think we'll get first look or first trailer or something like that for Elden Ring, the FromSoft game that probably isn't going to be horror, <laughs> probably more high fantasy sort of stuff is from what we've been hearing. That's the one that's collaborating with well, George R. R. Martin. What if we want Bloodborne 2 more than that? Yeah, because that's, um, that's what I want. Yeah, Tom, you're outnumbered at this, this Well, in that hypothetical scenario... <laughs> I think you'll be disappointed. This is not the FromSoft game I ordered. I want the Bloodborne 2. Go back in there and have them make it again. <laughs> Uh, I, I could see, yeah, Persona having some presence again yearly at the Game Awards. It, it just seems like a... Presence? E- <laughs> there will be presence. It seems like an easy sort of like place for them to do this. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, we're still waiting on that. Uh, Max, what about you? I really, really hope we finally see that stupid Batman game that they've been like teasing <laughs> on Twitter and on the sides of buildings without actually announcing. That would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, they teased that yeah. like Court of Owls thing, and what was, what was it? It was like Batman Day or something. It was. Yeah. It was around Batman. And like, nothing Day. Nothing happened, and they also teased it. And this is just the worst timing. I don't think they intended it to be this way, but it was the same week that both PlayStation had a state of play and Microsoft had an inside Xbox. Yeah, that's yes. not, that's so. not teasing. That's bullying. Teasing is fun. <laughs> yeah, bullying is mean. We've been bullied by the Batman. <laughs> what um, about a PlayStation? Ah. Uh, I feel like maybe this is a long shot, but a uh, Yakuza like a dragon American or worldwide release yeah. date that is actually coming out in Japan January. in January. Yeah. Yeah. Japanuary, they call it. Oh, no. They don't call it that. <laughs> um, Japanimation. 
I got I went from being sort of like kind of you know tepid to suddenly just extremely on board with that game because it sounds like it's just gonna be bonkers. <laughs> um, you're stay, you're kind of going media blackout on it too, right? Yeah, you're like trying so, to say so. Yeah. And then I just skimmed the trailer and I yeah. was like, oh crap, this looks good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I, th- I think like a PlayStation character in Smash would be pretty cool. Uh, interesting thing: the uh, 25th anniversary of the the PS1 is somewhere around here. It's, oh yeah, it's, some, yeah, it's happening right any it. minute now. We might be, we might have already forgotten it. But um, maybe we'll get a PlayStation Classic. What if that would? Yeah, like a small version like a, of a PlayStation that plays like. What if like, they did like, like the, 20 classic? What if they games? did like the PS1 December like little, 3rd. Yeah. yeah. Seems unrealistic to that's, me. I agree. December 3rd. Wow, that's actually really close. Yeah, what, that's really what, close. How, how weird would it be if the PlayStation-centric character in Smash was just a PlayStation 1? <laughs> I would love that. That'd be Not rad. out of character for Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah. They've done weird stuff before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it would, it would be like weirdly aligned with like Rob the Robot. It, like, it would be mm-hmm. really yeah. odd watching like Super Mario beat the crap out of a PlayStation 1. <laughs> I feel like that would be like the only conditions that like Nintendo was like, yeah, we'll allow a, a Sony property on here. It has to be one of your consoles though. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like There's Mario's. like so much weird gray area there because there's like there's Solid Snake and then there's the Persona guy and then it's like that's so close to being like that, those were things that we sort of like, kind of conflate with like exclusivity on PlayStation for at least a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. The weird thing is, you're like, oh, what, where does where does Solid Snake belong? And you're like, well, I guess he first started out on on Nintendo, kind of, but we know him for PlayStation. But really, that franchise was first on the MSX, which was a Microsoft piece of hardware. So like, there's that weird like, oh. What, who do you work for? He belongs to everyone. <laughs> you know, That's like, so weird. I'm whatever on Death Stranding. In fact, I'm tired of talking about it, but seeing Sam Porter Bridges show up in Smash Brothers throwing packages and falling on people would be really, really funny. That'd be funny. I'd be also, 100%. Especially if he like walked out and he just like fell and just collapsed on guys and they killed them. His build set kind of works for that. So, yeah. Yeah, that would actually be really funny. Like he yeah. constructed a bridge to get himself back onto the onto the land after getting knocked off. That would be so strange. I don't know. I want, I'm so excited to see what the legacy of that weird ass game is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, I, I don't know for like any Sony reveals it'd be it'd be cool if we I don't know I was what I, maybe maybe new gameplay of of Ghost of Tsushima yeah. yeah I feel like Last of Us seems like a safe-ish bet just because that they that's like I, I, didn't they didn't they reveal Last of Us gameplay at Game Awards a couple years ago um Who's, the I mean, first reveal was at PSX um, not Last of Us Part Two. I mean the original. Oh, the original. Yeah, yeah. might have. Like that's yeah. what I usually kind of look to. Is like, let's. How do you? Uh, which companies have the best relationships with with the Game Awards? Like, yeah, usually the t- there's kind of a track record. The timing on that would be weird uh, because like we got a we got a bunch of preview stuff that Jonathan saw a couple months ago, and then the game got delayed by a, f- a few weeks. So that would sort of be a little bit of a make good. I feel like some yeah. cinematic stuff to just kind of be like, hey, this thing's still coming. Yeah, yeah. On the PlayStation side, I have a different prediction, but I think we have a better chance of seeing Ghost of Tsushima just because it's been so quiet. Yep. But I also don't know if we'd get a release date because I think that game is after The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So it's a little weird to announce that game's release date in December and it's like, it's September. I don't think they'll do that, but it's been so quiet on that game that a new cinematic trailer or like a story trailer would help get the cycle going on that game. Yeah. I, I have a half-joking but also half-serious prediction. I think we'll get a new Death Stranding trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know we might. Yeah, that's we actually might. that's we have at every game awards. I mean, and, yeah, and we don't, three. We don't know if there's going to be DLC for that. Yeah, or like expansions. Or I mean, like, I'm saying that even if there's not, I'm saying that they <laughs> will just get a trailer <laughs> for the game that is already out. Oh, that's I mean, not that's not that weird, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would I wouldn't be shocked if the I mean, accolades trailer debuts. One of the, like the big reveal <laughs> right. last year was the was the 
motorcycle in Zelda. Or like, oh, was yeah, that, that year was before or whatever? Yeah, that might have been the year before. Yeah, 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 but basically they were like, hey, here's like you've all played this game. You're all very excited about it. It's been out for a few months now. Okay, you get a dirt bike, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, great news, everybody. <laughs> Sam Porter Bridge is strapping on some roller blades. You're like, what? <laughs> they should do a reverse Zelda and give him a horse. Ooh. Oh, but yeah. like a horrible horse? Yeah. Like a really like, nasty. Actually, a donkey Sam would be, and the donkeys horse. Are, what if you could just ride around one of those big muddy buddies? Just get on the back of that big wet cat? Sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, Might get me to reinstall the game. We'll see. After last week, you talked about a wet PS5. Now you're talking about wet horses. It's a lot of wet. I didn't make show. this wet video. Now game. I know you didn't. I know. Oh, I if know. you guys love wet ho- ho- uh, horses, you should check out the hit video game Bloodborne. Full of them. Yeah, that's Lots true. Lots of them. Um, old, old wet mares everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> My PlayStation prediction, because I just keep saying it for every show where it could possibly happen, is another Ratchet and Clank sequel. I'd like a proper sequel to the one that Insomniac did a couple years ago. Um, Can they call it Ratchet as Hell? That be, I mean, all of their old games used to have puns. Yeah, <clears throat> it was like up your arsenal, going commando. Oh, yeah. Ratchet yeah, meant a stuff. very different thing th- th- then. It yeah, was, oh, it's yeah. like a tool. And now it's like, no, nah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. That means you're getting in like a fight in a parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> it means you're yeah. kind of like a dirty fighter or s- yeah. s- sexual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ratchet gets a new name. The sequel from Insomniac Games. They um, should just do. They should just lean into that and do like a Conquer's Bad Fur Day. It's like uh, sure. Ratchet. Yeah. yeah. Um, other that. than that, I, I was going to say Batman. So just whatever Rocksteady's working on, just like finally. I think that's a good guess. Even a teaser trailer. They have done big Rocksteady stuff before at the Game Awards. So yes. that would be nice yeah. to see it. But we don't know if we're going to see any of those things. I hope we do. Let us know your uh, predictions in the comments for this week's episode. And we'll definitely read some on the next episode uh, or the week of the Game Awards. However yeah, play, time play by our rules too. Do a PlayStation 1 and a non-PlayStation yes. Yeah, Wait, wait, hold, yeah. hold, hold up. Didn't we just get an announcement this morning that Resident Evil 3 remake is a thing? It's a rumor. A rumor. Yes. yes. That seems like a pretty safe bet. I'm yeah, going to put my fair. money on that one. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, that was uh, the day we're recording this last Friday. Resident Evil 3 is rumored to be on the way. There wasn't much detail beyond that, but I think some of the rumors said it was in the works with the RE2 engine, which would make sense. Do you know what that means? That means we are inching closer to a Resident Evil 4 remake. Yes. We just have to get through Code Veronica. Do we need it? it, I don't think it needs it, really. I'll take it. On next gen. But what about Dino Crisis? Nah. (laughs) That was a left turn I did not expect. Yeah. Anyway, another left turn or a right turn, depending on how you feel the show should be going. We're going to do some of our predictions for who should and will win at the Game Awards. Uh, Mm. I'm going to start with Game of the Year, of course, start with the biggest award of the night, which will be probably the last one they give. But I want each of you to tell me who you think should win and will win. So should win, I think, is more of a like personal preference. Will win is more of a think who you think everyone will vote for. Uh, For reference, the nominees for Game of the Year. Control, Death Stranding, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. So, Brian. Of those, I want Resident Evil 2, and I think it will either be Control or Death Stranding. Actually, no. I think it's going to be either Control or Smash Brothers. Okay. Yeah. This, people need to be reminded of this, but uh, like Jeff Keighley doesn't do the voting. Yeah, <laughs> it's yes. gonna be awkward yeah, if, be, if Death Stranding wins, though. Yeah, that's like nepotism up the wazoo. That's it's actually a lot. it's cronyism. It's ratchet. Nepotism, you got to be related to them, but cronyism they is are just related. Their pals. He did one of those episodes on through NBC. the Chiral Network. Jeff Keeley Bridges. <laughs> did you say Chiral? Chiral. Yeah. I uninstalled that video game. <laughs> and you forgot how to pronounce words. Okay, it's not a real word. Tom, who do you think should win and will win? Um. That's a tough one, man. I think probably... <laughs> I actually think that potentially Smash Bros. will win. Um, 
this is this is the weird thing about this to me is every time a game comes out at the end of the year and and a system like this happens where it's like well you can vote on it next year every time we get to the next year and that happens it always feels weird yeah like it like Smash Bros. to me does not feel like a 2019 game. And I say that with all due respect because I love that game. But, like, it's odd to me because I think it would win. But mentally, I'm not, like, in our own stuff, I'm not comparing it to the rest of the games on that list for a Game of the Year yeah. award. Um, I think Smash might win. If it's not Smash, I honestly don't know. Uh, personally, on that list, I think I'd vote Control mm-hmm. or maybe Smash Bros. I really did like Smash. Smash is like the, it's a celebration of the industry and so is the Game Awards. So that <clears throat> sort of feels like a good fit. So here's my thinking for Smash Bros. in 2018 was fine. It was a cool, fun party fighting game that was, you know, ambitious and impressive. In 2019, it was a game where Banjo-Kazooie came in and beat the crap out of every other video game character. <laughs> That's true. That was like, you know, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, but with Banjo-Kazooie and games. Uh, it's still, I don't know. But it's going to be Death Stranding is like a Game Awards darling, though. Like, I feel like yeah, but like you said, the the game awards are not voting on this. This is this is an industry poll. What right? if Jeff Keighley cooks the books? I mean, if you're gonna throw that voodoo out there, if you're <laughs> gonna make that, then I, I'm I'm I don't know. I trust. I mean, I trust the dude. He seems like a good man. No, I don't think it would do that. I don't think so. <laughs> like, I'm, speaking I'm just throwing, genuinely, I'm just I, I don't, that's not yeah. a thing that anyone needs to worry about. Max, who do you think should and will mm. win? I think Control is like a dark horse this year. I really like that's such a good game. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of was frustratingly slept on and it's, it's also like oh hey here's a new ip from like a veteran studio that completely stuck the landing and we're like arguing about other dumb nonsense you know um <laughs> that does weird stuff i love how weird i could, control is. I could yeah. see outer worlds kind of coming through and being like i think a lot of the people who are in a position to vote are also like you get a lot of sort of i don't know industry veterans who are like that's a thing that really clicked with a lot of people yeah um I mean, it's I don't I don't know who who is voting on this. Like, what is, so yeah, I wanted to bring that up. I forgot to before we started with the nominations. But who selects the winners according to the Game Awards official website? Winners are determined by a blended vote between the voting jury, which is ninety percent of the voting weight, and public fan voting ten percent. Fans can vote for their favorite games once every 24 hours on thegameawards.com and via Google search uh, for all categories, and also via Twitter DM and Discord and select categories. But you so, can just DM Jeff Keighley and be like, control. Out of worlds. So essentially, <laughs> the fans won't ever pick the winner, but if there's like two that are really close, the fan vote can probably push it over the edge to one or the other. Which is like, yeah. if there's ever a year that that would happen, it's this year. Because yes. I, I honestly think that this is not really one of those like clear-cut like God of War Red Dead years or something mm. like that, or Breath no, of the not. Wild. This is going to be one of those years where like four or five games get equal amount of votes, and then yeah. one of them tips over slightly. And for those wondering, the nominating jury, uh, which is 90% of the vote, is made up of over 80 global media and influencer outlets, including IGN. IGN is one of those um, uh, spread across you know the entire globe. So all of those people comprised 90% of the vote, and then fans who can vote every day, whereas I believe each outlet only casts one vote. <laughs> We're not voting right. every day. Uh make up the other 10%. Mm. So yeah, I totally agree with you, Brian. I think this is uh, of any of the years of recent memory. This one will be very much determined by the little splits. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You- I'm rooting for RE2 or, or control, but I feel like they're kind of the conversation around those is almost like died down. Mm-hmm. I could see for anything that might be swayed by like fan voting. I think death stranding and Sekiro both have the most sort of active people clicking on stuff on the internet you yeah. know Sekiro yeah. kicks ass so yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth it's worth mentioning that but I, I think that 
that Resident Evil 2 is just like a little bit tighter yeah. and a little bit more accessible for most people. I do wonder how recency bias will affect RE2. That's definitely a compared thing. Compared to the other games. Because yeah. the, even with Smash, that game has all these updates throughout the year. So we're always talking about Smash. To a I think we should do extent. Game of the Month more. You know, but that's, We used to. Just I do award ceremonies <laughs> every year. I think if RE2 came out uh, three weeks ago, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I think it would be the clear-cut winner here. But the fact that it came out a long time ago, I think like you're you're totally right. People forgot about Can't it. But I think I think yeah. honestly that's the reason one of the reasons people are talking about Sekiro less too. Yeah, because Sekiro came out earlier in the year. And yeah, when it came out, that people were raving about it, and people were talking about it a lot. And the conversation on that game kind of died down, partly for what you were saying, Max, because like it didn't really get updates, or I mean, it it's not like it was abandoned. It's just like it didn't have constant DLC or anything like that. Mister X yeah. should be in Smash. Yeah, Mister X is in. Uh, Mister X will cook you food in Monster Hunter World now. So. Aww. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really silly. What does he do? He walks in with his weird hat. Monster Hunter World Iceborne had a uh, event with Resident Evil 2 Remake, and it makes the handler, who's like your helper person, look like Mr. X, like look like the tyrant. And so you can do all the normal animations where she's like making you a meal, but it's just I'm tyrant. so immensely <laughs> grossed out by the idea of somebody cooking while wearing like leather winter gloves. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's an overcoat. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have her you can have her in off. that fight or in that costume through every single cutscene in the game. So it's like really weird. That's huh. strange. Um, <laughs> well, maybe that'll help it in some of the categories. Uh, Brian and Max, I know you guys have to leave very we do. soon. Uh, do you have time for one more category? Yes, let's let's speed run. Best game direction. Control, Death Stranding, RE2, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds. So Control. almost the same. Yeah, I'd go Control too. Control, me too. Sekiro. Okay. I think Control had some really bad checkpointing. I think this is one where Death Stranding could win. Yeah. Because when you think of a game director, Kojima is one of the people. Yes. People think of most. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a really safe bet. Um. But yeah, it it'd be interesting to see something else pull ahead, something even like an Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad to see that one represented in a lot of categories. But we'll get to some of those. Tom, you and me, we'll have to handle that. What's the next one? Uh, the next one, if you guys have time, best narrative, which is A Plague Tale Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. God, the story in Plague Tale was awesome. I haven't played that I'm one. I'm going to go with that one. I really like that game. That, that's a really interesting one. I don't know who will win this. My, I don't know who's going to win it either. Yeah. Uh, my, my pick is probably Disco Elysium or Control. Okay. Disco Elysium is so weird and cool. I think it's, it's too new. Like, not, not enough people have gotten into that, yeah. Disco came out at, like, the exact same time as Outer Worlds. Did it? Yeah. It's I feel just like that was like a nobody, slower burn. Outer Worlds, we knew about that ahead of time. The you only know? difference yeah. is that Outer Worlds got is Obsidian, and it got the whole Fallout comparison, and it's also on more platforms, whereas Disco Elysium is a PC exclusive, and so yeah. people just yeah. didn't, not as many people have the opportunity to play well, it. Jeepers, how could that affect the outcome of something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more for you guys, best art direction. Control, Death Stranding, Gris, Grease? I never oh, found man. that out. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro, and Link's Awakening. God, man. Link's Awakening is stunning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's a little choppy, though. Uh, Grease or Gris or whatever is one of the most beautiful video games I've ever played in my entire life. Like, that's that that game got, like, you didn't even know you were looking at Mm -hmm. a video game half the time. Gris or Control, I think. Control is stunning. Yeah. Art direction, I think, yeah, Control for me because it also makes such a fascinating world out of a very limited color palette. Like somehow out of reds and grays, it makes it such a fascinating world to mm-hmm. explore. Anyway, yeah. thank you guys okay, for right. joining us. Run now. Enjoy your meeting. Goodbye. And then Tom. Oh, just knocking oh, yeah, everything down. <laughs> Did we do Goodbye. a...
Did we do a, what we thought was going to win for them? No, I just wanted to get them. Yeah, get there. them out the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get rid of them. Um, best narrative. What will win? I'm just going to go back to that, dude. This is one of those. This is one of those things where it's like I, I feel like so many of these Death Stranding is just going to like could sneak in and win it for a lot of them, especially with the fan vote. Just because I do think there is a big groundswell fan support for that game. Yeah, and there are a lot of outlets. Obviously we gave it a lower score. There are a lot of outlets that gave it higher scores and I do think are pretty passionate about pushing it. So mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to weigh out. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I, I think that if I had to pick one that I think is probably going to win, it's either Control or Outer Worlds. Yeah, I, I think Outer Worlds could sneak ahead just because a lot of people have played it more than Control, I think. And people grab onto it because of the stories with the characters mm-hmm. and the way it pushes you through those The story's worlds. really good in that game. Yeah. I'm and still the writing is just really good in that It's game. so funny. Uh, best art direction. For Will Win, I, I could see Sayonara slipping in. I don't think so. No? No, unfortunately. No. I, I love just... I love Sayonara Wild Hearts. Yeah. It is one of my absolute top games of this year. Um, I think in weaker years it yeah. could sneak ahead. I, d- I just don't know. the. I can't read the room on that game. Yeah. So that's the problem for it's, me. It's... Tricky, yeah. um, and frankly, I think it's a beautiful game, but I don't think that that is. I don't think the art is specifically what makes it so impressive. Gotcha. I think kind of the visuals plus the music plus like all the the story being told, like all those things mixed, makes it a really impressive game. Yeah. Whereas like Greece is like that. If that game had a worse art style, it would not be a good game. Yeah. If if that makes sense, like no, the art style is one of the big big things in that game that makes it so cool and so impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one for me too. This is a year where again I feel like it's so split in so many of these categories. Yeah, it's it's we've had. This is a funny year in general for these sorts of awards uh, because we've had two years of clear clear front runners in categories. Yeah. Right, last year God of War and Red Dead were very clearly the front runners. The year before that, Breath of the Wild was very clearly a front runner in terms of on the tip of people's tongue in sort of in these conversations. And this is the first time in like three or four years where there hasn't really been there've been a lot of really good games. It's not yeah. like it was a weak year no, by any means. No, yeah, it's just none of them are really jumping ahead of each other for sure. So it's it, hard to predict. I do hope that also leads to it being spread. Yeah. Like, I do hope awards get spread to a bunch of different developers because there has been so much great, varied work this year. Yeah. Um, even if something does not, you know, jump out at us like a God of War or Red Dead did last year. Anyway, moving on to the next ca- category, excuse me, best score or music. Cadence of Hyrule, mm-hmm. Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Sayonara Wild Hearts. This one, I I want Sayonara to win. Yeah. this is This is the point where I think... It's a game built around its soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> it is an album. Like, they call it basically an album, and that's really, really what I want to win. Um, what about you? I don't want to railroad. You know, man. <laughs> Come on. Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. It is, it's legitimately a great score. Um, Yoko Shimomura, who composes the Kingdom Hearts franchise, has always been amazing. I've been fortunate enough. I've seen the Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concert a couple times, and she always jumps in at the end to perform, uh, like, the ending suite for every performance and she's knocks it out of the park every time and her scores are so great. And obviously they're also, you know, they're playing with a, maybe a better hand because they're starting out also with Disney music. <laughs> so that kind of helps, but I think the arrangements that they do are really great. Especially if, in this game. If kingdom hearts three wins this category, yes. Does that mean that Skrillex has won a game award? Ooh, I mean, 
if that song, it's weird because it's like the Grammy thing of if that particular song is involved. And also I will say the theme song to Kingdom Hearts 3 slaps so hard. <laughs> I don't usually say that phrase, but damn, is that a good song. It's I did, a bop. Yeah, I did not expect to like it. I especially went in sort of being like, uh, Skrillex. Like just you have that innate thing when you think of Bangarang for a lot of people. And so I was just like, great, Skrillex. But he's like a legit Kingdom Hearts fan. And so he was just honored to do this. And so that when that when the song drops, it's rad. <laughs> so I would like that to win. <clears throat> Honestly, I don't know though. What's gonna win? Yeah, what will win. I could see Sayonara winning this one. I hope Sayonara wins this one. I think it could as well. I think um, it will have an overwhelming jury vote. This is also one of the categories that I think Death Stranding uh is less split on like there's there's a lot of people who either you know can you can either love or hate the story think it's like this really cool weird thing or think it's this incomprehensible mess and like the way you go on that has been very or people have gone on that is very split yeah i think nobody really disagrees with the fact that the way the music and licensed music is used in this game is like pretty excellent yes yeah Um, i I think there are a lot of new low roar fans because of this game right right um so so this is this is another one that i could see people kind of like more fully supporting that game on regardless of whether you like the game itself yeah that's totally fair um on the music score audio side of things that's specifically focused on the music that you're listening to the the way the soundtrack is played in the game best audio design however is a different category and the nominees for that are call of duty modern warfare control death stranding gears 5 re2 and sekiro this is one where I feel pretty out of my depth because I haven't played much of Gears 5. I didn't finish RE2 very bad at Sekiro and haven't played too much of COD. I feel like COD could win because as dumb as this sounds, a lot of the marketing around that game before the lead up was like, look at how realistic the gun sounds are. Yeah. That, and like, that's that, why it's being honored. That was a really, really big emphasis on like, this is r- extremely realistic. Mm-hmm. And that that takes a lot of audio design and effort. Um I wouldn't be shocked if it won in this category. No, I wouldn't be shocked either. I'm not a. Yeah. I'm. I've never been a Call of Duty guy. Yeah. Like, pretty much ever. Um. It, not that I like. I respect them. It's just like never been my type of shooter. Yeah. I like slower shooters, uh, more tactical shooters. Um. And yeah, it's a little like this is a this is one of those categories where I agree. I'm a little bit out of my depth. Probably I would. I don't know what I would vote for. I think Call of Duty is probably the, the front runner there. I will say too, audio design and score are the two categories more than any other, not including like the big, big ones that I'm disappointed. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is not yeah. in this year's nominations. I think Jedi Fallen Order's music and audio design is like really, really good. It's great. So yeah. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see representation there for it. Uh, moving on from that though, best performance. Ashley Birch as Parvati in The Outer Worlds, Courtney Hope as Jesse in Control, Laura Bailey as Kate in Gears 5, Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff in Death Stranding, Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control, and Norman Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges in Death Stranding. Not surprised to see the Death Stranding representation here. Um, I'm glad Control got two nominations. Personally, of this whole list, I haven't played enough of The Outer Worlds to have fallen for Parvati as much as other people, though I think her performance is great. And I think she could win um, because of that groundswell of support. I think my favorite performance here is probably Dr. Casper Darling from Control. Mm -hmm. I think he is so funny and so great in that game. Yeah, that's probably my vote too. Um, I think 
Ashley Birch might be the front runner here because people really have been talking about Pavardi a lot, and yeah. she is. I, I was saying this. I can't remember who was saying this to yesterday at lunch, but like she is the only character, like NPC sidekick in a video game, who has ever changed my mind about a thing <laughs> just yeah. by talking to you. Like there's there's this moment I won't spoil it, but basically at the first sort of like end of the first the like early choice. Act, yeah. yeah, the early choice you've got to make. Yeah. You're choosing between uh, two things that will either one will negatively impact a group of people and right before you make the choice that character if she's with you comes up and is like hey i i really don't think you should do this choice it just doesn't feel right to me and i was fully ready to make that choice <laughs> and just this little like monologue she gives was so kind of well done and well written and well performed that it it genuinely changed my mind in that moment and i was like a hundred percent dead set ready to make it. <laughs> we should talk about what happened to you because I made the other choice. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't listen. <laughs> I, I stuck to my guns. Yeah. But we can talk about that after. Yeah. I think she's probably the front runner. Um, Laura Bailey, I think also could, cause she did a fantastic job in gears five Yeah, and she's also probably the biggest name in this group in terms of like, Voice, voice acting, actor. like game voice acting. Obviously, Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus. Are, we do have yes, two of televisions actors. Uh, uh, Mads, who I love from Hannibal, so if he won, I would not mind. It's so funny to think of Mads Mikkelsen as a television actor. I mean, he is because of Hannibal, but I just think of him as movies. No, I, he's primarily he's done. I'm yeah. I think he broke in through. Oh, I'm gonna forget, but there was a foreign language Oscar nominee that he was a part of. And that was the first time I had recognized him in a role. I but. recognized him from Casino Royale. Oh man. yeah. That's where I, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah anyway, he's great. Uh, I think what we can all agree on is that Norman Reedus should not be on this list. <laughs> Norman Reedus should not be on this list. And Norman Reedus should not be on this list. I don't think he's good in that game. I, yeah. I, I like, okay, let me preface this. Cause I haven't been on the show to talk sure. about Death Stranding yet. I really enjoyed Death Stranding. Yeah. I think we can both say we really have enjoyed, we haven't yeah. finished it. Neither. No, no, I, but. I, I really, really had fun with it, and then about 25-ish hours in, I just sort of, like, it was getting a little samey for me, and I just sort of drifted away for it from for other games, and yeah. that's not, like, because I wasn't having fun. It was just because I just drifted away. Yeah. Um, but, and there are a lot of really good performances in this game. I actually really like the story, too. Like yeah, it, me too, it is, so far. I really enjoy it. Um, I think Norman Reedus is weirdly overrated and incredibly stiff and not very emotive this entire in every performance he gives i think he is a very one note actor and can be good at that one note like i do think he is solid as daryl on the walking dead in some of the earlier seasons once they got once they got past the point of him and his brother being just the worst humans <laughs> but i do think he can be really great in that role i don't think he has a lot of range and because this game has so much crazy stuff going on in it and so many of the performances are fun or in like in on the idea that this is kind of crazy and playing to that and being a little soap operatic he is just so toned down and yeah. tepid like the idea that the idea that he would get nominated for this over Troy Baker is Higgs. Oh, Higgs yeah. is wild. Higgs is this insane, over-the-top, megalomaniac villain who, like, just has clearly gone crazy in the coolest way. And he sells it. Troy is yeah. so good in that role. Troy is great in most roles, but he's really good in that role. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that... I mean, I guess I'm not surprised because it's Norman Reedus. It's but easy like, to nominate the main character. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that there are more deserving people within Death Stranding. Yeah, me honestly. too. 
Um, moving on from that one, games for impact, which is one of the more uniquely uh, named categories. Mm-hmm. The nominees for this one include PS4 exclusive Concrete Genie, Gris, Kind Words, uh, which you've played, correct? Yes. Life is Strange 2 and Sea of Solitude. Uh, Gris is coming to PS4. I don't believe it's on there yet, but Kind Words is PC only? Yes. Or Steam only? I, I think it's on Steam only, uh, yeah. For those who may not otherwise. on the show know what that game is, would you mind just giving us a brief? Yeah, Kind Words is my vote here, actually. Yeah. Kind Words is this really, really weird, wonderful little thing um, where it's a entirely anonymous, just sort of like goodwill game where you... It's it's inspired by you know that if you might know that YouTube stream like lo-fi chill beats to relax and study to or yeah. whatever it is it's just this twenty four hour live stream that just plays this really like chill relaxing music with no vocals uh, and this game is explicitly designed to emulate that in that it just plays this really nice chill music while you're <laughs> and like the it's just you in a little room in an isometric room um, and people post things that are like questions or concerns or whatever they have on their mind and it's like in a very other limited, players other players yeah. um and you can flip through these things and then if you see one that kind of resonates with you you know and it, it literally can be anything right it can be hey i just broke up with my girlfriend and i feel really bad right now or it can be like Hey, tell me a funny story or hey, tell me tell me a silly thing that happened to you on the way to work yesterday, right? Like it I've seen all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. And you pick one and then you get I think it's like 14 lines and you just write this person a letter. And you don't know them and you don't know who they are and and the game very explicitly is like don't try to solve people's problems. <laughs> Sometimes people just need to know they've been heard. They just need to vent and be and listened, be listened to. Yeah. Um and you just write them a message. It's like something nice or something sweet or answering their question or whatever you want to do. And then if they can't respond to you, so if they, they liked what you think you're like your message, they can give you a little star. And that just means like, Hey, you got through to them. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then similarly, you can send out things into the world that then people will send you letters for. And that's the entire game. And it's really, really well moderated. The community is like very good about shutting down abuse and any sort of mean things. And it's just this really sweet thing where you just like, like, I haven't played a ton of it, but, like, you just sit down for a little bit and, like, read some nice things and send some nice letters. And if you've got, like, anxiety over anything in your life, you just kind of, like, send out a little message and people just, you know, let you know how to, how they feel or that you've been heard. And it's, like, it's a very risky, daring sort of idea for a game that is just a little bit of positivity being put out in the world. Yeah. And that's, it's so refreshing. Yeah, and in terms of what this category represents, I feel like that's the most yeah. true to that. I don't know if it will win because I don't know how many people have played it. I don't I don't be. think it has the recognition. Yeah. I think maybe Gris or Life is Strange will win. Yeah. Which is a bummer to me because I think Gris is a lovely game, but I also think that its message is a little bit obtuse in that it, it doesn't, like you can play through that game, and if you're not paying attention, like you li- like will not have any idea really what it's about, and it's not. I don't. I don't want that thing to just be like explicit, but like it. I don't know. It just is a little bit muddled. Yeah, that, yeah. for this category specifically, it feels yeah. like it maybe doesn't go far enough. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why I like seeing Concrete Genie here because that is a game very much where its message is about the cycle of bullying and how to you right. know, stop that through art and through positivity, and that's a pretty great thing too. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like to see it win. I do think Life is Strange 2 or Gris probably will win, especially on name recognition, though 
based on how it sounds and I haven't played, I, I would like Kind Words to get a nomination here. Or, or a win, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, win. I don't yeah. Think, honestly, I don't think it will, but it is, if you, if you have a PC and that sounds appealing to you, I highly recommend it. I think it's only like $3 or something. Oh, it's wow. pretty cheap. Okay. Um, and it's it's very, very sweet. I uh, want to get to at least a couple more, but best ongoing game, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, FF14, Fortnite, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Well, my pick's not on there. Monster Hunter. Kind words. No. <laughs> yeah. No, Monster Hunter would be my pick for this uh, okay. category. But it, it, otherwise, I think I'd probably pick Final Fantasy or Rainbow Six. I feel like... FF14 should win just because like the comeback story of that game continues to impress me, even as someone who doesn't play it. But I, I really don't know because Fortnite obviously is the biggest game in the world. And depending on who's voting, Fortnite could easily win. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if Apex, though, because of its recency. Yeah. Sneaks ahead. Uh, I would not be upset if either of those games win because they like that's the thing is all the games on this list, I think, have had very good years in terms yes. of community support and yeah. updates and not all their updates have been good, but they have been consistent and they've been all of them for the most part have been pretty vocal with their communities about those updates and what they're changing, and what they're looking at. So I think that there's kind of not really a wrong choice here. Yeah, I kind of agree there. I do. I do cop out. But yeah, but <laughs> also I think Fortnite's probably just going to win because it's Fortnite. It's Fortnite. But I think any of them would be deserving this year, especially given what Fortnite did with Chapter 2. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, best independent game. Are you ready, Tom? Yeah. Baba this is, is my you. category, man. Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. That's a good list, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's not even like all of them. No, it, but if that was the game of the year list, I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a funny category because they also have another one that's like best first game from a indie studio. Yeah, and so like there's some indie game one. like Slay the Spire is not on here, and like I think that would be the other category is fresh indie game presented by Subway. That we can talk about later. <laughs> yeah, but we can talk about that. As for this indie game list, um, I think I my vote. Pretty easily is Outer Wilds. Okay. I think Outer yeah. Wilds is is a contender for my overall game of the year. Yeah. Very, very, like, strongly. I need to finish it. I definitely need to go back to it. Um, um, and as for what will win, I think probably, man, Goose Game actually ah. has a chance. Yeah. Goose. Yeah. I'm all for the Goose, not just because I dressed up as it for Halloween, not the Goose, one of the characters, and because it's my girlfriend's favorite game of, like, all time now. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the Goose so much. We bought a plush goose that now sits in our apartment <laughs> we like goose game <laughs> i think i think outer wilds could win i think goose game is probably the front runner and i think yeah. disco elysium would be the front runner if it wasn't only on pc yeah I'm, i think if more people played that they would be more impressed i by it. cannot wait to play that game next year yeah. <laughs> when it's on ps4 <laughs> right um i would also yeah i think for me outer wilds or goose game i think will win uh depending on how many of like the jury panel votes for Outer Wilds. Otherwise right. I think Goose Game is the front runner. But I do want to give a shout out to Katana Zero, which wasn't on PS4 this year, but I loved that game. Yeah, it definitely it feels like a part one of a game to me. I've said that before, but the style of it, the tone of it, the action as it progresses, I just think is so fun. Yeah, um, Katana Zero, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that got some representation. Yeah, uh, I'm going to move on from a few of these, especially some of the like more base categories. What? A light just changed colors in the studio. Huh. All right. Well, we're going to keep going. Uh, <laughs> best VR AR game. Uh, some of these are PSVR games, some are not. But Asgard's Wrath, which is from Oculus Studios. So if you own a PSVR, that's why you 
might not have played it. Blood and Truth, PSVR exclusive. Beat Saber, Beat Saber, which came to PSVR last year but came out in full release on other VR platforms this year. So that's why it's nominated. No Man's Sky from Hello Games and Trover Saves the Universe. Yeah. A really solid list of VR games. It's very nice. And it's there's not there's even some missing from that. Like this yeah. isn't hate on VR all you want. This has been a good year for VR. Yeah. Man. And I even thought it was a quieter year for VR, but I right. think it's been a really good year. Yeah. What would you want to win? Beat Saber? Me too. Uh this is the thing about this list is that all of those games are great VR games. Beat Saber is like transcendent. Yeah. And I still need to play Asgard's Wrath, which I hear is like one of I the best too. games in VR right now. Cool. But Beat Saber is just, it's so simple and so great. Beat Saber <laughs> is like genre defining. Yes, it or, is. Or medium defining in this case. Whereas all those other games I think are great. Yeah. But not the ones that I've played at least, but not necessarily as you said, transcendent. Yeah. But for me, Blood and Truth is a blast. I've talked about the game. I think it's definitely like in my top 10 for the year. I think it's so fun. I can't wait to see what London Studio does next. Trover is so funny. Yeah. And I love that they're supporting that game the way they are, where they're just adding free updates rather than changing the price. They're changing, not charging for those, but keeping the base game's price the same yeah. while they just add more free DLC, which is, I think is great. I haven't played much of the No Man's Sky VR adaptation, but from all intents, uh, from everything I've heard, it's No Man's Sky in VR, which is pretty great. Sure. And then, yeah, as you said, with Asgard's Wrath, I don't think there's a bad choice, and the color just changed again in the studio, and that's bothering my periphery. but don't, we'll not worry don't about Don't question it. it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a really great category regardless. I do yeah. think Beat Saber probably will win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to go to, we'll skip some of the uh, spe- specific genre awards for the moment, to go to Fresh Indie Game presented by Subway. God, Why is this called Fresh Indie Game? so presented? weird. I know this game, ha- or this show needs... Um, you know, ad support and obviously uh, sponsorships and all of that. Is it, was the idea that maybe to get another indie game award in here, they needed to justify the price of it? I think that's the message it sends. That, yeah, like that's what it says to me is like we needed another, we wanted to highlight more indie games, which is a great thing to do, especially in a year so full of big AAA games. But to do that, we needed to get a sponsorship. Yeah, that's the message it sends. Yeah. And this is this is like... This is the weird thing is, again, I agree. I don't fault this show for needing to sustain itself exactly. in wanting sponsorship. Yeah. This is the weirdest category to have sponsored is the, like, brand new indie game category. Why are the esports categories not sponsored? Or the content <laughs> right. creator, like, content creator of the year. Now, obviously, people are on all these different platforms, so it's different. But if you told me content creator of the year sponsored by YouTube or something like that, yeah. like, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Um, it's just, it's a little weird. It's just funny, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. And, uh, this is specifically it, for the dev too. Like this, the way the nominations are listed are for the dev for the game they made this year, but it's a Zaum. I don't, Z-A Zom. Zom. Maybe I'm wrong. For Disco that. Elysium, Nomada Studio for Gris, Dead Toast Entertainment. They win for best name for my friend Pedro, Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, Megacrit for Slay of the Spire and House House for Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. I like I don't know who to pick here because I don't This category is wild because four of this like four of those six are like on my personal game of the year list, yeah. right? Like or maybe three of those six, but like some of those games are like these are the first entries from these studios and they're some of the best games of the year yeah. like flat. No, out. Th- this is one of just like the other I think the other indie game category is also stacked, but both of these showed that just like if you're looking for things to play between big AAA releases, 
it is not hard to find things. No, like, there is some not. great stuff out there, especially when Disco Elysium will take you, you know, 60. 40 to 60 hours, <laughs> yeah. and Outer Wilds will take you 20, and Slay the Spire, you can play literally forever. You can also do that with Untitled Goose Game if you just keep running around as the goose and causing mm. mayhem. Mm. I've been doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who to pick here. I I would say Outer Wilds just because of the way I know that game grabs so many people and because of its its gameplay loop and everything is very unique. But I don't know. I think I'm, I'm Slay between... Slay the Spire? I'm between Slay the Spire and Outer Wilds, but also yeah. I like Disco Elysium a lot. Like, it's really tricky. Yeah. Um, maybe... I think overall I'd either pick Slay or Outer Wilds. And okay. what will win is Lord only knows. Yeah. I want Slay the Spire to win, but I don't know if it will. I think Me neither. I think probably this one will go to Disco or Outer Wilds. That's my yeah, feeling. That's fair. It's it's a weird one and we're a little pressed for time, so I don't want to go into too many of the genre categories. Um Best multiplayer game. I feel like you and I have not played these games enough to say. Yeah. <laughs> but Tetris 99 is pretty great, and I'm actually kind of happy to see it nominated so weird. nominated against COD and like Apex and all these other big games is weird. that game, which I love. <laughs> um, but yeah, that has been really funny. Overall, what do you think, as I pull up a memory card, if you wouldn't mind vamping for a sec, what do you think of the nominations <laughs> this year uh, as a whole? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's a little bit of what we talked about earlier, right? Like it is it's a really good year for games and, and these, the, it's easy to look at these lists and be like, well, this doesn't really seem right. There's this game is missing. And like, I don't know about this one, but like, that's really indicative of the fact that there was a lot of choice this year. And there was a lot of choice that is going to be very personal. Like I know some people who just didn't like the outer wilds. And I know some people who didn't like death stranding. And I know a lot of people who did like those games and it, it's, nothing is clear cut this year and nothing is, I I think that goes with what you were saying too, of like, that excites me because potentially we're going to have a more varied year in terms of winners. If, if like control, even if I would vote for that for game of the year, um, even if it doesn't win there, like I think it has a a big (laughs) chance in something like art or narrative. And similarly, if resident evil doesn't win, in an overall category, I think it still could in a genre category. Yes, like yeah. there's there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, and there's a lot of potential, I think, for all of those games to be recognized. Right. As long as people don't sort of, you know, vote down the ballot mm-hmm. <laughs> and just put RE2 for everything or Death Stranding for everything. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. The Game Awards are on December 12th. Uh, I forget the exact time, but we, of course, evening for us. (laughs) Uh, We'll be covering it on IGN, not just the winners, but all the crazy announcements and everything there. So expect a lot from that show. And of course, stay tuned for our game of the year and best of 2019 nominees and awards, which will be rolling out pretty soon. I don't know the exact dates slash if we are allowed to say them, but those are coming soon. So stay tuned for those. Before we wrap up, and I hope the audio works, we're going to do a memory card. I think there was just straight up silence for like three seconds. Perfect. Anyway, Memory Card is our weekly segment where you, the listeners and viewers at home, write in with your funny, sad, happy, weird, wacky, whatever memories of your PlayStation life. We read those on the show. You can write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line Memory Card, and each week we'll read one or two of these on the show. This week's comes from Nathan. Nathan says... 
Horizon, the ultimate victory lap. He gave it a title. I appreciate when people <laughs> give us titles. <clears throat> Back in the late 2016 to 2017 season, I found out that me and everyone at my level at my company would be subject to a restructure. Starting in the new year, 16 of us would be reduced down to six, and we all had to interview against each other. Being the youngest by at least 10 years and young in general for my field, I was understandably nervous. Fast forward to January, and I was chosen as one of the six and told that I had the best interview. Let me tell you, there was a lot of emotion to unpack, understandably, given that you're working with all these people and then kind of forced against them. When that happened, he said, though, I immediately went and purchased a PS4 and Horizon. Going through that story was such catharsis, and I related to the search for Aloy's identity very much. We learned the most about ourselves in times of adversity, and surviving the restructure was such a victory that then immediately presented itself with a whole new set of challenges. For me, Horizon will always be associated with that time and ultimately something I associate with a tumultuous and uncertain future. Fitting. Thanks for all your time and the things you guys do. Beyond. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nathan, for writing in. Uh, I'm congratulations to you for still having a job. I'm happy that was able to happen. Uh, obviously it can be a lot of tough times that games can get us through. So I'm glad you had horizon there to, you know, help be sort of an emotional catharsis for you. It's always nice to have that. It's always nice too. When a, when a game lines up with what's going on in your life. Yes. Yeah. It's, it can be funny how art can do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom, this is our Thanksgiving episode. It is. Uh, for those who are in the United States celebrating Thanksgiving, we hope you have a wonderful holiday. For those of you around the world who are listening and wondering why we're not talking about the obviously big PS5 news that dropped, we're sorry. We're on holiday. We'll be back next week with the full show. Uh, Tom, is there anything you are in particular thankful for from this year? Hmm. Like, specifically about games? No, just whatever. Just tell me a bit about you. Oh. Oh, this got real deep. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm thankful for, like, thankful for people coming around a little bit in terms of, like, understanding. Like, it feels like this is a very tumultuous time in the world, generally, not yeah. getting into anything or even really referencing anything specific. Uh, and it just is, like... It's always nice when you see pockets of people acting calmly on the internet. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's always nice when somebody just takes the time to say, okay, before I post this thing, like, let me think about it from their perspective. And I've been seeing more of that lately, I think. And and I just like, I'm, I'm thankful for people... Taking a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's always nice. It's Yeah, it's very nice to see, and I agree with you. There has seemed to be a little bit more of that as time has gone on. There's Maybe. also been a lot of ra- rage oh, and anger. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, that will always be there. But, but yeah, that'll always be there. It's nice to see the light in the dark. Uh, I did want to say before we wrap up the show, since it is the week of thanks in North America, uh, I did just want to say thank you to everyone who watches or listens to the show, who goes to IGN, reads or listens or watches to our stuff. Uh, it means so much to us. We make this show and all the other shows and all the other content on IGN for you out there to read and to consume in whatever medium it may be. So it's so appreciative that you decide to spend a little bit of your week with us. Uh, we try to make the show, I try to make the show as positive as it can be, uh, especially as you said, in a time where it can be so negative sometimes, it's nice to have some positivity. So I hope Beyond brings you some positivity each week when you listen or watch. Well, now I feel like I screwed mine up. No, you didn't. You did good. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on the show, Tom. I know I, I asked you as I was like on a car in because Lucy was like, I'm sick today. And I was like, I need someone on the show. And you are always there to be on the show. And legitimately, I'm so thankful to be able to do the show with you. That's what the middle name stands for. 
seat filler. There's just a silent R at the beginning. <laughs> Receipt filler. Um, I'm thankful to those boys too, but they're not here, so they're never going to hear that. But no, I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful to everyone who's on the show every week. Uh, the main cast, the supporting cast who helps fill these wonderful seats and brings their knowledge and wisdom to the show. That great guy. Um, it's truly a joy to do this show every week. Thank you so much for letting us do the show every week for you. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday if you're celebrating. And if not, I hope you just have a wonderful time playing games in the next few days. Uh, normally, Beyond is live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. We'll be back to fill in whatever amazing news and releases happened by surprise during Thanksgiving. You know, everyone loves to drop games during Thanksgiving. My prediction is the PS5 will be revealed, but in like a newsletter that only some people get or something. <laughs> Probably. Like just really a weird During the place. Vox newsletter it was revealed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the PS5 is coming out on this date. Uh, no, thank you so much for listening or watching to this show. And as always, beyond. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.